If you're still finding your way, that's better. Even if you've got it all figured out, that's better. I want to hear what you've got to say. That's better. It's Barash with Toro. Hi. Hey guys, Toro here, back with another episode of Bullish with Toro, the Bayesian slash Barbadian edition. So to contextualize this episode, this was recorded in 2021 during one of the peaks of the pandemic. And so there were still a lot of restrictions going on and the island itself is still recovering from, you know, the economic hardship, given the fact that, you know, tourism is a lot less. A lot of companies were reshifting how they're going to be operating. And so just keep that in mind as you're listening to this conversation. Hope you enjoy and let's get after it. Cheers. Salud. That's some good rum. I do like an XO. I feel like there's a lime in it. Do you taste a little hint of lime? Not really. That could just be me not having washed my glasses. I don't well know. Enough. My taste isn't that sophisticated anyway. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bullish with Toro. This is Toro, and I'm here today with... Gray. Gray Griffith. <laughs> how are you guys doing? Hi, Gray. How, how are, you? are you? I'm well. How are you doing, Toro? I am great. We are out here on a lovely Monday evening. Is this afternoon or evening? What's 6.22? Definitely evening. Evening. The sun is setting. We have a view of the ocean. And we're here to chat. Mm -hmm. Gray, how did we meet? Quite by chance, actually. Um, I was actually coming from another event in the same location where you were. Happened to just chance going downstairs before going home. Mm -hmm. And just managed to run into two friends and in sandwiched between those two friends was you, <laughs> and, uh, quite fortuitously, and very impromptu, we were introduced to one another. Okay, and I dare say that the introduction, while it was brief, it was pleasant, mm -hmm. even if you thought I was smug. That's really funny. Yeah, well, we got along too because yes. we both work in the pharmaceutical space. Well, yes, I, I sell drugs, she markets them. There we go, match yes. made in heaven. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So Gray, any idea why I've asked you to be on the show today? I have no idea, if truth be told, but I did think that it was going to be somewhat fun because all over the place on the social media space, you're seeing podcasts popping up all over the place. Mm -hmm. People have got time. Exactly, <laughs> lots of time. So I figured... While I do have the time and while essentially you seem to be a well quasi-professional outfit, <laughs> I figured I'd see absolutely no reason why I shouldn't um, lend of my time somewhat freely. And it's not as if I really have anything to hide. So, I mean, oh. go right on ahead. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I asked you on because firstly, I'm wanting to interview Bayesians mm -hmm. for season two of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And then I just thought that we had some stuff in common and you fit a profile that I haven't interviewed yet. So what I want to talk that, about that. What would that be? Well, the first person I interviewed, Dave Nee, he works in television. He's a poet. The second individual I interviewed, Akeem, he is a bartender. Um, and so your profession is unique from those. Uh, there are many in the pharmaceutical. I wouldn't say that there are many in the pharmaceutical industry. I 
venture to say that even where you're from in North America, that it's a pretty niche industry for the most mm -hmm. part. And even more so here in Barbados because of the sheer, well, size of the population, which is obviously a lot smaller, way smaller. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. And before we get into all of that, we're going to warm you up. You mean the rum wasn't enough? <laughs> you have no idea what's coming. So, oh my goodness. I am going to ask you a bunch of rapid fire questions. Oh boy. While you're going to do an exercise. Oh boy. <laughs> Good thing I tried that cup of coffee before coming. Oh my goodness. So, what's it going to be? You get to pick your exercise. You can do push ups, jumping jacks, high knees. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> no, she tells me. My goodness. You said this would be fun. All right, push-ups it is. I'm going to hit this bell, and uh, then we get started. Uh, how many do you want me to do, actually? You should just keep going till I'm done asking you questions. You're not serious. I'm serious. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my. Pace yourself. All right, here we go. Okay. All right, Gray, what's mm -hmm. your astrological sign? Leo. What's your favorite food? Too many to count. Favorite rum? Mount Gay 1703 and Zacapa XO. Oh. Favorite coast to drive around? North. Ooh, interesting. Best beach in Barbados? Bottom Bay. Yes. Favorite color? Purple. Favorite smell? Plumeria. Best place to dance? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would, that would be dancing salsa over at the Radisson Hotel. Very nice. He was in a plank for that. Best UFC fighter. To my mind, best UFC fighter, uh, John Jones. Best dish you cook. Curry. Which is the better island, Grenada or Trinidad? Grenada. Oh, you did the time. Very nice. <laughs> You're good. You're done. I was surprised you actually had an answer for that. I tried to throw a curveball. <laughs> On the last one. Oh my God. It's just the first thing that just came to my head, really. Oh my gosh. Well, you have to tell me now, why did you pick Grenada over um, Trinidad? First place my mind went was social stability. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, as you know, Trinidad is unfortunately and does unfortunately suffer from a lot of social issues. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, not the safest place at this point in time. But if you actually want to go to somewhere where it's nice and quiet for the most part, where you can actually sit down and do absolutely nothing. Grenada is peaceful. Oh, ow. <laughs> that sounded painful. <laughs> Talking about peace and then I just yeah. bang the mic. I gotta, I gotta slow down on this rum. Isn't it ironic? Mm. Rather. Yeah, so uh, Grenada, has, Grenada definitely has its advantages. Trinidad, don't get me wrong, has its advantages too in Carnival, many respects. Yes. food. All right. You cannot get any more culturally diverse a country as Trinidad. Trinidad is a wonderful place. It definitely is. But it all depends on how you're picking and you're choosing your islands. It all depends on what you see as your favorite aspect of it all. Is there a large Indo population in Trinidad? Oh, very much right? so. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It is huge. All right. Well, speaking about your heritage, basically, because mm -hmm. you are part Grenadian. Grenadian, yes. Grenadian, mm -hmm. part Trinidadian. Correct. And also Bayesian. Indeed. That's a lot of Caribbean. It's a lot of passports, yeah. Do you have a lot of passports? Just one. Okay. <laughs> Just one. Theoretically, it's a lot, but yeah, I am a, I am a Caribbean man. I'm a CSME man. 
All right, we're going to talk about this. I want to tell you first, though, the name of this podcast is Bullish with Toro. So what do you think about when you hear the word bullish? Well, I'm a little familiar with a little bit of investing jargon. So mm -hmm. when it comes to bullish, it means optimistic. It means confident moving forward ahead, at least from a stock market investment standpoint. Depend, <laughs> Of course, the um, definition that you'll get off in, uh, Investopedia might be a little different, but at least from my end, that's what it, that's what it, um, that, that's what, that's what I envisage. And that is pretty in line with the definition I run with, which is hopeful or confident that someone or something will be successful, mm -hmm. optimistic about the future of something or someone. Better than bearish. It is. So let's, let's kick it off though. I think we've already been chatting. Mm -hmm. What kind of a kid were you? Oh boy, what kind of kid was I? Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Well, my earliest waking memories were from that of Barbados. I was born in Trinidad, but I have absolutely no memory of Trinidad. From what I understand, and I'm trusting that my parents are telling me the truth here, but from what I understand, I moved or was moved from Trinidad um, the first four months of my life, okay? I'm from Trinidad, came straight to Barbados, okay? So what kind of kid was I? Truthfully, I was a slow-to-start kid, all right? A little on the not-so-social side, not very academically inclined, and just a very quiet kid, very unmotivated, not really all that talkative. You'd wonder what the hell happened during <laughs> mm. later life. But no, I'm, I was actually um, a very, very slow-to-develop child, uh, and... Not exactly anything special, um, not exactly a prodigy, far from it, all right? And um, not really motivated in any one given direction of any sort, never really felt any pull or inclination. A lot of my self-motivation actually started much, much, much later on in life. So if you're wondering whether or not I was the, you know, the quintessential good boy, I mean, yeah, was I a good boy? I was a very good boy. You just sit me down someplace, I won't move, I wouldn't move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you told me to be, you, say, if you tell me to be quiet in class, I wouldn't talk, you know, as to what was, as to what was actually going on my, in my head, that was a different story. But I mean, truthfully, I wasn't really that much of a troublemaker. I was not anything, I mean, not a firebrand or anything like that, but. Were you creative then? Did you draw, write, something introverted? I believe, I tried to draw. And even then I found out that that was a skill that just was not passed down to me, all right? I really had to dig deep and think about what it was that I was good at and what motivated me and the things that I personally wanted to do. But truthfully, those weren't really developed or even thought of per se while I was a child. A lot of the self-development happened, like I said, much later on in life. So let's cut to then. What part of life did all of this <clears throat> motivation arise that part of life really started to get going when high school, believe it or not, came around. It was when you, well, it was when I really had to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, what are my political beliefs? What are my social beliefs? Um, where do I stand on certain topics? Oh, you mean I actually have to have an opinion on something? Mm -hmm. Really? Okay. So... The creative, let's just say that the creative part of my brain, or at least the part of me which was supposed to really understand and rubber stamp what it is that I believed, just did not come in until even after high school, if truth be told, because there was just no need. 
especially here in Barbados, which is just so very politically stable, well, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. very politically stable. Well, uh, compared to the U.S. Yes, and, yes. Yeah. Very politically stable. Politics is something which doesn't really hit you in your back. It's, sorry, it's, it's, politics is something which doesn't bother you nor really enraptures your attention unless it actually hits you in your own backyard. Okay. And in my case, because I was growing up in Barbados in such a politically stable place, social issues just never really interested me for any reason. Just didn't. That was until I had to leave Barbados or left Barbados to really see just how steeped so many people around the world were in their political views, their social views, their social activism, and me wondering why am I so apathetic in this regard? You know, what what is going on here? So, Did you find an answer? Oh, I found an answer pretty damn quickly. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Why am I so apathetic? It's exactly the reason what I told you. It's the fact that when life is good, you just don't question why. All right? You just mm-hmm. don't. Ignorance is bliss, dare I say. Yeah, yeah precisely. So... But it did open my eyes when I went, when I left for the UK, it did very much open my eyes to um, just how much instability there is, how much unfairness there is. And the fact that in my life growing up as apathetic, as politically and socially apathetic as I did, that that was actually a luxury when compared to what many who I had met from, let's say, the Middle East, from certain African nations, you know, uh, South America. Central America, those individuals had stories to tell, the likes of which you would only read about in novels you would actually see enacted in movies mm-hmm. and such like, okay? And here I was scratching my head asking asking myself, man, my life is boring. My life is just so boring. No, 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 this has to change. So thankfully, um, like I said, while I was in the UK after um, school, after high school, mind you, I actually went to the United World College of the Atlantic, otherwise known as um, Atlantic College. And what did you study? Um, this was the equivalent of A-levels for many, okay? Um, do you understand the concept? Or not really? No. All right, well... Um, Sounds like Harry Potter. <laughs> well, for the most part, if you actually Google um, the United World College of the Atlantic and you take a look at where I studied, it was actually right on the coast of the Bristol Channel. It looked just like Hogwarts in the 13th century castle. Mm. So, yeah, it was it was quite the experience, you know, surrounded by about 360 students represented by about 70 different nations. And um, it was like a we are the world kind of environment that I was in. That's really cool. Very, very UN, quite UN. Mm-hmm. All right, but um, I can't. But um, I can't say that. I can't say that my perspective coming out of that was the same after I actually graduated. And you know what? It was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I mean, I would hope your perspective would change after high school. Yeah. Well, after high school. Oh, well, you asked about um, what are A levels. Well, you can think of it like grade thirteen. So pre college. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So what was your next step after this A-level? After, after grade 13? After grade 13. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, my next step was actually, well, was the next step, which I guess for most would have been university. Okay. 
while the majority of my classmates were opting to stay in the UK and migrate to places like London or nearby or for their higher education or at least with the with designs to live there, uh, my heart was actually set on Canada a long time ago. I have, while I was a kid, I used to go each and every single year to summer camp in Northern Ontario and yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I'm laughing. There have just been so many Canadians in Barbados that I've met. So shouts to the Canadians out there. Love you guys. Love you Canadians. All of you. <laughs> yeah. So I actually went to summer camp in the north, in the northern in the Ontario, or at least in well north of Toronto, in the Mus within the Muskoka region near Algonquin Park, and. Uh, it was very, very formative and informative as to where my life went and my it shaped it shaped a lot of my perspectives, even my musical taste, to the point where after years of going to that camp, I came out with a very, very healthy respect for heavy metal. Okay. For <laughs> yeah, for uh, for hard rock, classic rock, and many other types of music which you commonly would not deem as mainstream within the Caribbean, or at least at that time, were not deemed as mainstream. Yeah, definitely not. Even listening to some alternative music with a friend, I was like, "Well, where can you listen to that here on the island?" And he just laughed at me because mm -hmm. it's just not the scene. Thank heavens for the internet. Sure. Right. Now you have, and everyone has access to all types of media that they want. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, it's great. But back then, especially, well, while I was well, doing my stint over in summer camp, it'd be a matter of just coming straight back to Toronto and just reading what was then Virgin Music and HMV and just buying CDs like crazy, buying cassette tapes back in those days like crazy, and just taking them all to back to Barbados and just enjoying myself. Because once again, during those times, that is the late 1980s, early 90s, um, gaining access to that type of music, especially within Barbados and dare say the Caribbean, was, was not easy. So if you had an alternative taste, it was more of an effort for you to indulge it at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So great. Tell the fans. Tell the audience. What are you doing now? What am I doing now? <laughs> I guess that <laughs> that requires a little bit of a preface, a little bit of a warm-up. Mm -hmm. One year ago, in February, I was forced to resign my job as a pharmaceutical representative representing Barbados and the Eastern Caribbean for a major eye care provider, pharmaceutical eye care provider. I dare say I really like my job, but due to financial constraints and, well, hardships that the company was going through, the local distributor, that is, um, they pretty much made it somewhat on the, not even on the mandatory side, but let's just say that they created an environment where I had little choice but to leave, so I left. Mm -hmm. So I am actually working for another a uh, major distributor right about now here in Barbados. But instead of pharma eye care pharmaceuticals, I'm actually doing a premium line of um, baby care formula, which is very, 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 very different mm -hmm. from anything and everything I've ever done before. Yeah, it's definitely a bit more consumer. A very, very, <laughs> very consumer. Definitely not on the, um, um, on the prescription only side of things, but still just as technical considering the fact that Baby care formula is supposed to replicate mother's milk, which is very complex in its, in its constitution. Have you heard that there are wrestlers and bodybuilders who drink breast milk and they'll buy it off the internet? 
This is the first time I'm hearing that, but oh, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised at all. I'll send you a documentary about Please it. Please do. Yeah. Yeah, so in addition to that, that is, you know, going into this other line of, you know, consumer care, um, consu- consumer care medical sales, um, I also, out of the ashes, started my own business um, after about 16 years worth of understanding the eye care market. I, it would be remiss of me to say that I didn't know where all the holes in the market were. Okay. Okay, all of the holes in the market. And uh, since no one was willing to address said holes, I decided, all right, fine, I'll plug them myself. <laughs> so that's exactly what I'm doing now. I started and incorporated my own business. And uh, this is what I am doing, doing um, over-the-counter prescription-only pharmaceuticals. No, actually, I'm sorry, that's, that's an oxymoron. Over-the-counter preservative-free pharmaceutical products. Preservative-free pharmaceutical yes. products. Why that? Main, that's really niche, isn't it? Yes, mainly, mainly ocular lubricants. That's what I'm doing. How big's the market for that in Barbados? You'd be surprised. Oh. So for people who don't know what that means, which might also be myself, what does that mean? Well, ocular lubricants. There are many instances as to why one's eyes would actually go dry. There are many reasons as to, I mean, from... Ashfall. <laughs> to say the very least. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Ashfall, age, air conditioning, staring too long at your computer screen, staring too long at your phone, um, humid air, sorry, well, not so humid air, um, you know, dust, dusty environment, things like that. There are many, many, many reasons why, or even something um, congenital for that matter. And there are many who unfortunately cannot take the standard types of dry eye lubricants that are ubiquitously out on the market, all right? They actually have to have something without a preservative. Otherwise, it's just too irritating for the eyes. And yes, it is extremely niche. And yes, the barriers to entry trying to actually set up such a biz- such a business requires a lot, a lot, a lot of red tape. Uh, but little by little, the business is in fact growing. And um, I'm just doing my damnedest to try to, you know, ensure that I, you know, keep the fire stoked. Um, I'm not even a year in as yet, but um, I'm just hoping and doing the best that I can with what I know to try to make sure that at least last year, and this year, uh, last year and this year, while they may be good, that next year might be even better. Okay. This is a good segue to the main question of the podcast, which is, Gray, are you doing what you want to be doing with your life? <clears throat> the answer is not exactly I am doing what I am doing as a matter of knowing what I'm competent at and surviving, Mm -hmm. especially within these COVID times when the choice for doing what one wants to do is extremely limited, especially here within this economy in Barbados. It's a lot smaller. There's a lot less choices. So one has to be pragmatic. But as far as this business that I've started, I would like to think that at some point, that that will be what will carry me, even if it is something else that I do in the future or even try to even bolt on to the business one way or another. I would like to think that I, as a self-employed person, will be um, the reality, at least for myself. I want to know that I'll be working for myself and that my dollar and my money will be earned by my own sweat and my uh, the sweat of my own brow. Respect. Thank you. Okay, well... 
Not exactly. So COVID aside, what would you be doing if you could do anything, really? <laughs> COVID aside, are you talking about if um, money and opportunity weren't an issue? However you want to answer. So what would I be doing? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I'd actually be more involved in environmental issues. Um, I love it when I see a success story of a recycling plant or a plaster or basically a whole heaping set of plastic bottles or even a beach cleaner. I love, I love success stories like that. I like seeing uh, Mother Nature being tended to. Um, I've had... Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that is the truth. <laughs> I, it, it hurts my heart to see a whole grove of trees cleared, especially in the name of economic progress. I, I guess in my own mind, I'm a bit of a tree hugger. Okay. In my own mind, at least. But um, I am sure that if time, effort, money, and resources weren't an issue, that I would be more steeped in, I guess, more things NGO-related. I would be more steeped in environmental issues. I would be more steeped in trying to, well, in my own way, trying to save the world. Like just uh, two Saturdays ago, there was World Environment Day. And I, in conjunction with Sir Optimus International of Barbados, we actually conducted a beach cleanup um, along the East Coast, on the East Coast beach near Walker, near the Walker's Reserve. And that was my little part for trying to assist with Mother Nature and help her by trying to move, remove as much plastic waste off the beach. And believe me, it was plenty. I bet. Episode two of season one of Bullish with Toro, um, I interviewed Sharon Rowe, who is the founder of this company called EcoBags. And it's mm. the first reusable bag company in the U.S. Nice. Um, so it's really cool. I have been anti-plastic bags, anti-straws, plastic straws mm-hmm. um, for a really long time. I used to actually buy surplus of these plastic straws and then hand them out to my friends just just as a gift. That was until you saw the turtle video? What turtle video? Oh, the video that has been that has gone viral over the internet of that straw stuck far up a turtle's what? nose. And some very kind-hearted people trying their best with a pair of pliers trying to remove the straw in a very, very bloody struggle. No! Yeah, um, this is unfortunately what triggered or the catalyst that was needed to trigger um, awareness of plastics in the ocean and how it's really harming uh, marine life. That video changed everything. When? When When was this? This was a few years ago, actually. I think you should take a look at it. Yeah. I was just at a fundraiser last week at um, the Hopstead Brewery in Oystens. And they were working in collaboration with Slow Foods. Slow Foods, yeah. Okay, yeah, you've heard of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually got a shirt that reads in the front, don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the back, it has a, an outline of a sea turtle. Uh-huh. And it's like, don't use plastic straws. Like, you know. That's where it came from. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, based and inspired entirely off of that video. That very unfortunate video. I have to say, when I came to this island, I was happy to see the biodegradable plastic bags, mm-hmm. the biodegradable straws, and the utensils. Some places still have plastic, but mm-hmm. it's at least a part of the culture here. Well, um, you got to pay for it now. If you want a plastic bag or if you request to have a plastic bag to put your groceries into, that is actually a few cents out of your pocket. It's, it's no longer free. 
Good. You have to do that. It's obviously disincentivization from using plastic bags, but it's amazing what people will pay for in the name of convenience. They have to have like on the smoking packs, you know how they have the your lungs and everything all blackened? Maybe mm-hmm. they need to have pictures of devastated marine life printed onto plastic bags. Scare tactics and guilt go a very, very long way for human nature. They do. <laughs> yeah, especially for environmental issues. So back to your startup. Mm-hmm. What phase would you say you're in with it? You said you've been working on it for about a year. Just a little under a year now, mm-hmm. yes. So I'm still very much in the growing phase. A lot of the, well, um, I cannot say that I can offer anyone shares in the business just yet. Yeah. Right? I can't say that I could even take it public. Um, I am simply very much in the process of consolidating and expanding. Uh, there are quite a few clients that I am still yet to reach. Uh, there, are still, um, there are still quite a few market niches that I haven't quite yet broached. So it's a matter of just trying to find the time to do all of the things necessary to best grow my business while at the same time carrying on a job. It's difficult, but... You are preaching to the choir. Yes, it's difficult, but, you know, uh, do you really believe that the success of it all would actually come if it were easy? Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, no one ever said it was going to be easy. And um, in my case, as I said before, and taking a look at things very, very pragmatically, very, very practically. And um, where there's potential, there's a way. And there is potential. And I'm not about to give it up. And this is something which I started quite literally out of nothing, but out of a need for, um, out of a need for uh, a certain clientele, a certain market. And no stopping me now. I'm in too far, in too deep, got to keep going. And what the heck, I like it too much. Well, that's pretty positive. Mm. You should find yourself an intern, just someone to do like admin type things. That's on the cards. Okay. Mm. Well, after all this conversation, any immediate, immediate plans for the future? Simply a matter of watching and waiting. Barbados and the rest of the world are in various states of this whole pandemic. So this is the context that I have to come at it with. And um, it's at this point too soon to try to make any predictions because just think, prior, just before COVID hit, just before the lockdowns hit, no one really saw it coming. It was like the tsunami no one, no one predicted mm-hmm. was going to just come and just wash everything away and just change the landscape forever. No one saw this coming or at least those who did see it coming would not have been able to get the word out fast enough, but I'm just guessing here. But in terms of my own future, it's simply a matter of just keeping my ear to the ground, knowing what has to be happened, just reading the market as best as possible and trying to act as strategic as possible. Um, that's about the only thing that I can do. And uh, my crystal ball broke down a long time ago. Okay, um, can't. And of course, rubbing my, rubbing my bald head isn't going to work anymore. I can't see the future anymore than I did last time around. So simply a matter now of just looking around, keeping my, you know, keeping my ears to the ground, keeping my nose to the grind and just uh, doing what, you know, doing what, doing what's necessary or as they say, whatever's clever. And waiting for salsa to come back. Oh, man. I'm, uh, 
experiencing a bit of deprivation. I have not danced salsa in so long and I love to dance salsa. <laughs> yes. I am a salsa dancer. Very good segue. I like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's one of the many, it's the, it's one of the few joys in my life right about now. And, um, uh, only very recently, yes, the government did state that party or at least certain social events will be allowed to take place again. And uh, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm In a rejoicing. week and a half, we lose a curfew too. Yes. So guys, just so you know, we have curfew from Thursday to Sunday. It's at midnight. It's Wednesday? It's no, Wednesday. Wednesday. No, Wednesday we have free. Because Wednesdays Monday, are the Tuesday, new Friday. Wednesday is Mojo Day. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, curfew's midnight. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's no curfew. But on mm -hmm. June 30th, curfew's no. free. Mm -hmm. No more curfew. <sighs> We're fine. Free, free at last. It's so right? interesting, the incremental free freedom. At last. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've been locked down completely here, isolated, mm -hmm. where beaches were only open from 6 to 9 a.m. And then mm -hmm. at some point, it was also 3 to 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. Grocery stores only open from 8 to 4. You the remember, lines being so long. Lines? Exactly. Oh, my God. Sneaking around the buildings, quite an In the heat. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Bring an umbrella. But now... Uh, Starting to feel that sweet, sweet freedom. Normalcy is just around the corner. Whatever that means. <laughs> Somewhat. Gray, where can the people find you? Depends. Do I want to be found? <laughs> That's a good point. We can, we can cut that. Um, <laughs> I can just say, well, thanks. I mean, if you have an Instagram or an email or people want to, if you want people oh. to check out your projects. Okay, well, no, as far as my own projects and my business are concerned, um, I'm actually making sure that I keep that as close to the, my heart and as, yeah, as close to my heart as possible. Because um, let's just say that I'm still at a very sensitive stage. And I'll tell you that the less I reveal, the better it would be, at least for me and the future of the business. But if you do want to check me out for any reason at all, all right, um, <laughs> <laughs> for any reason, um, you can, I, I'm, I'm on, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, just like everyone else. So that's Gray Griffith. Gray is G-R-A-E. Mm -hmm. So fancy. Well, great. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, even though you couldn't find my place, even though I provided the Google Maps address oh. and you're giving me a little sass. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me a bone here, please. <laughs> Por favor. <laughs> well, till next time, guys. Good night. Good night, guys. Take care. Thank you, Toro. Thanks, Gray. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can follow the pod at Bullish with Toro on Instagram. And if you'd like to be a guest or have a friend in mind to be a guest, please let me know. May you continue to get after it. Until next time. It's Bullish with Toro. Bye.